I think that's kind of me is that I'm my signature sound is that I have just this voice that nobody really knows what I'm going to come up with next. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, how's it going? This is Bree Noble, and you are listening to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we discuss strategies on how to make great music, how to connect with your audience, and how to grow your business. I love doing interviews with female musicians who are making it at different levels in the music business, most of which are either full-time musicians or working part-time musicians. And like this artist that I'm interviewing today, they have gotten some serious recognition in the industry. I choose women who I really think have something to share with you guys, some value that they can impart to you to help you with your career. But before we get to the interview, I want to remind you to get your iTunes reviews in for a chance to win one month of the Female Musician Academy, and also to go grab our free resource, 19 proven sources of income you probably haven't considered for your music business that's available right there at femusician.com. That's F as in female, E as in entrepreneur, musician.com. And now let's get to our interview with Didi. With over 100,000 fans worldwide, singer-songwriter Didi won the Best Adult Contemporary Album of the Year and the Best Holiday Album of the Year at the 2014 IMEA Awards. For her albums Love and Fairy Tales and World of Christmas. She's got a press sheet a mile long of quotes of people that have been really impressed with her voice and her music and her style, as well as all kinds of radio stations that have played her music and other awards that she's won. So I can't even name them all right now. But you will get the gist as I have my conversation with Dee Dee. So that's a little bit about Didi. Didi, is there anything that's not in your bio that maybe your our listeners would like to know about you that's a little more personal? Well, um, you know, I, I thought that I would take this opportunity, Bree, to maybe tell the listeners things that I wish someone had told me when I started out in the music industry, when I was first starting out as an artist. So I will say that I started hearing music around the house when I was cleaning the house and doing my tours. And I was like singing along with things that were running through my head. And then I realized at some point, you know, this is stuff that I've never heard before. Where's this coming from? (laughs) And I started dreaming. So dreaming music and dreaming like I was conducting ballets and symphonies and just interesting things that were all related to music. And these were symphonies, ballets, and choreography that I've never seen before. So my Mine was going in a direction, I think, um, that where I was starting to really get a lot more musical and get a lot more creative. I don't know what the catalyst was for that, but I think it was finally I'd reached an age where I was really happy with who I was, where I was. And I wasn't just running around all the time trying to just make ends meet and, you know, just running myself ragged. I think I just finally had some time to breathe. And I think that's when the creativity could come in. So um, I, I got this 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 
gift or this muse, this music that started coming to me. So I guess what I could say is no matter how old you are or where you are in life, you never know what's going to happen and, and follow your heart and follow your dreams. I wrote a song called Fairy Tale Song about that because really it's not about how old you are. It's about really making and doing the things that make you happy. So for me, it was music and being very creative. That's really cool. And that's, that's inspirational, I think. But clearly you had um, studied music in the past, because if anyone has listened to you, they can tell that you're classically trained. So tell us how you got started in music. Okay, well, my family is extremely musical. We have seven kids in my family. So it's a large family and every single one of us plays at least one instrument. Most of us are multiple instrumentalists. We all sing and we all sing pretty well. I mean, everybody knows how to sing harmonies, parts. We all sight read music. So it's kind of in our family gene. I think that there is a genetic tendency to be more musical or more artistic. And that can follow through through families. And my father's family is from Wales. So Welsh people like Catherine Zeta-Jones, they're very, very, very musical performers, storytellers. I have a sister named Missy Pyle, who's also an actress out in L.A. She sings, plays guitar, and she's quite a well-known actress. She was in Gone Girl. She played the Nancy Grace character. So all of us have this, like, performing gene, I think. And we were raised in, um, like, church music. My dad was a part-time church music director when we were little. So we, we all learned to sing from a very young age, and we learned to sing harmonies. And then when we got to be, you know, second, third, fourth grade, we all took piano. That was one of the things that was kind of standard. We always had a piano in our house. Our family was, somebody was always playing an instrument, playing the piano. My older sister played flute, Julie. She's to this day a concert pianist and works with handicapped children with music. So she's found her dream and made that come true for herself. And uh, I followed in her footsteps. I, I took piano and I played flute. And then I have another sister out in L.A. who is singing kind of professionally on the side. And my mom is the singer as well and played the piano. So I think, you know, if, if it comes naturally to you, it's a fun thing to do. And it's something that you can do for the rest of your life. And it doesn't have to be full time. It could be something you do on the side for fun or you could take a, a chance on it. See if it's something that you could do full time, like what I'm doing, what you're doing and uh, and make it something that's a career. Awesome. Wow. That's a lot of huge musical family there. Yeah. <laughs> it's intimidating. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. So at this point, do you consider yourself a full-time musician or are you getting some of your income from another part-time gig? You know, how are you working out your, you know, paying your bills and everything? Is it all for music or are there some other things? Right now, I'm definitely a full-time musician and I'm doing this, you know, full-time. And so it's a lot of work, obviously. So it does take time. I do, however, still make a little bit on the side working with my husband's company. I'm doing a little bit of marketing and some meeting planning for him, as well as traveling and travel planning for him. So, you know, there's just a little bit, maybe five or 10 hours a week. So I am making a little something on the side. And uh, this is really, finally, I'm in my almost fourth year of being a full-time singer-songwriter. And I'm finally, this is the year that I finally started to make some actual money because it's very expensive, as you know, especially when you're starting out. So about four years ago when I started, of course, it's it's a huge cash outlay to record albums, CDs, that kind of thing, and buy all the equipment that you need. You know, sound equipment is a definite must. 
And, uh, you know, there's also things like, you know, headsets and microphones and all kinds of things that you don't think about that you need. So, and then the travel, you know, with your, you have, there's a lot of gas and, and time in your car. So you have to have a really good method of transportation to get to bookings and shows. You know, it's, it's very not only time consuming to do this right, as you know, but it's also expensive. So you're going to see yourself probably with a big cash outlay at the first couple of years. It's, most of the people I talk to who are doing this full time now have spent at least two years trying to make money. And then it's usually the third, fourth or fifth year that things really start to turn around. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you know, hopefully you can make money in your first year. It depends on what kind of recordings you're doing. I know yours have been like really, you know, stellar players and high quality and, you know, everything. And that's all really good. But sometimes you know, people just need to start out and get something out there that's good quality, but maybe not like top quality and just get going and get making some money. And, you know, so there's different routes for sure. And, and obviously what you're putting out is like top notch. (laughs) Well, thanks for that. Yeah. I, I specifically have really tried to always get really great recordings because to me, this is not just what I'm doing for music right now. This is a legacy I'm leaving. And I really want what I leave behind to be great. But I know there are other routes you can go. You can record in your own home. You can, if you know Pro Tools or if you know GarageBand even or a similar program that you can just use at your house, you could buy just a, a nice mic and you could record at home. It really depends on your connections. I didn't have a lot of music connections in Houston where I live, where I started. And so, you know, if you, you live like, let's say Nashville, and you have a band and some one of your band members has a garage studio, you know, of course, that would be way cheaper to record. And, and you know, if you have a friend who knows Pro Tools and will record your stuff and just do it kind of on the side or somebody who's studying and, and interning in a studio, you know, those are great routes to go if you can. But for me, I just didn't have a lot of the recording and music connections here. Houston's kind of interesting because... There are there are tons of talented musicians here. There's a lot of talent, but there's not a huge industry here. So there's not like a lot of management, not a lot of uh, what I would call like get, getting started type of booking agencies and things like that. So it's it's a lot of it you have to do on your own. So uh, for me, it was it was a real challenge to find great production, and I was really more interested in finding stellar production. So for me, I, you know, I could put out, I had saved a little money because I'd worked my way through college and I had worked in the corporate world for, you know, 10 or 12, 15 years. So I had some money put away and plus I'm married. So, you know, it's nice to have someone to share expenses with. So, you know, everybody has their own unique situation and you just have to kind of do what's good for you. But like, let's say you're a solo act and you play guitar, you know, that's way cheaper than getting a band because you get to keep all that money on your booking. So you, you, there's just so many different ways that people do this. And um, I think, you know, it, each situation is unique and you have to just kind of do what's right for you. For sure. So we have a lot of struggling musicians that are listening to this show. Do you have any advice that you can give them? Like uh, actually not even just advice, but like some, just a story maybe about a time where you were just really frustrated. You were hitting a wall you felt like maybe you were going to give up, but then you pushed through <laughs> that and you, you know, you, you got to where you are today, you know, just give them something a little encouraging, a little story that they can maybe um, really identify with. 
Okay, sure. Yeah. I, I wish someone had told me when I started out how hard it is in the music industry. People would always say, oh, it's so hard. It's so competitive. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just kind of blew it off. But And not to sound like, you know, this is really, really all, all that tough. It, it's wonderful and fun. And I'm very happy. But honestly, I've done a lot of jobs, Bree, and this is the hardest job I've ever done. It requires <laughs> every skill and every bit of strength, energy, patience, <laughs> creativity that I could, could possibly mutter. But it's also the most absolutely fulfilling job that I've ever done. I just love what I'm doing. I love meeting people. I love listening to music and playing music and getting in that zone. And I love hearing music and, and just getting to know other artists and producers. And it's just been fantastic. So you have to love music. Let's put it that way. If, if you're doing this for the money, you're really not in it for the right reasons. If you're doing this for the fame, same thing. You have to love music because there's going to be days that, like you said, you just, I've probably had four or five times since I started doing this full time almost four years ago where I really tried to quit. My husband's talked me out of it <laughs> and yeah. I was crying or struggling. I've been there. And my first two years, I would say, were really, really hard because. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no understanding of the industry. And I could just say one time I, I had a producer and he was um, very hard on me. This is my first producer. And it's not anyone that was on any of the albums that I have now. So you wouldn't know who this guy is, but he's from Houston. And I was crying literally in the recording booth because I had said something that he didn't like. And it wasn't anything bad. It was just like, I don't like the way that that could we talk about that bass or, you know, it was just something about like the bass is not playing the right line and he just blew up and lost it and just like laid into me and, and said he was going to send me home and started yelling at me. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, and I started just bawling and I called my husband. I'm like, I think you need to come here. So that experience was really hard. I've had several experiences kind of like that. I've forgotten lyrics in the middle of a song in a show, you know, just like completely. And I think you just have to remember that this is fun. This is a creative process. Things are going to happen. It's involving people and bands and musicians. We tend to be very sensitive people and you have to have a good sense of humor. I also had an experience recently where I was involved in a musical group that was local and uh, the women in the group in particular, and this was kind of a religious music group, just kind of did not understand where I was coming from wanting to be a professional musician. They just didn't like that. or they. So not everybody's in your court all the time, as, as you may have noticed. And I don't mean to sound negative, but I'm just being real here. And you know, you've got to understand that there are there's tons of people that will support you and care for you and love you and be there for you. But there's some that won't like your music. And I got kicked out of a group. <laughs> and here I am, this, you know, singer with all these bands, you know, and so it, it can happen. And you just have to dust yourself off. You know, I was like devastated for a couple of weeks. I told my husband I was going to quit. And he's like, no, you're too good. You have too much talent. I'm not letting you quit. So find somebody that you can talk to, find somebody that believes in you and get involved with your fans, get those letters. It's just one fan coming up to me saying, you know, that song that you wrote, Psalm on Danny Boy, it really touched me when my son was sick or, you know, I was in the hospital. You know, it's just so wonderful to hear 
those kinds of things and hold on to that because that'll get you through the tough times. I actually wrote a song called Stronger. It's based on what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's coming out my new album, Dream of You, in about a month. But it, listen to that song. I think I've got it posted online on Reverb Nation, a demo version. But listen to that song because that's my experience of getting kicked out of that group. And it didn't kill me. It made me stronger. You just have to have a good sense of humor. You have to believe in yourself and and have a support network of other musicians, friends, and family that do believe in you that can get you kind of through those times because it'll happen. And just remember that this is a long-term thing. This isn't a short-term, hey, you're going to be a sensation overnight. It takes time. I mean, it takes, Bree, you can tell me if, if you agree with this, but a lot of people have told me it takes anywhere from three to four years all the way to 10, 12 years, and sometimes even 15, 20 to get noticed in the industry, especially if you're doing a lot of this on your own, like in being an independent musician, like so many people are today. It just takes time. So, but remember that and just do it for the love of it. Don't do it for like the approval of people because there's going to be people that love your music. There's going to be people that don't and that's okay. Focus on the ones who do. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, no matter how good it is that your stuff that you're doing and you have the greatest heart and everything, you're going to have some haters out there. I mean, there's just people that want to hate on you and it's just, it's very frustrating and you always you remember what the haters say so much more than like the 50 other people that loved it. And I, I hate that we're that way. You know, I hate that we focus on that. And it's funny because I've even had that from fellow musicians that, you know, once you start making it, they're, they're a little funny towards you too sometimes. So just find the ones that aren't that way because there's lots more people that are wonderful and focus on that and just keep in mind that, you know, you have to be unique in your music too. You can't be like anybody else. And so the more you try to be like copy another singer, like I won't mention names, but very famous country singer who's now doing pop. <laughs> Name starts with a T, <laughs> ends with an S, <laughs> S-W-I-F-T. Yeah, a lot of people are trying to emulate her sound right now because she's so famous. And just be yourself. I mean, my music when I first came out was totally different. I was trying to be like the female Michael Buble. Well, that didn't really work so well for me. I, I should have just been steady, weedy kind and not focused on worrying about who I sounded like and what kind of genre I was trying to be. Just do the genre that works for you, right? And, and my other advice is write your own music. You know, the best, uh, the best advice I can give is just be unique and have your own sound. Because for the first year or two, people looked at me and they were kind of like, she's really different. Now people are looking at me going, wow, she's really different. So it, it kind of comes around and it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, that was the next question I was going to ask you. What do you think oh. makes you unique as an artist? Okay, well, cool. Um, well, I think the fact that I am classically trained is kind of different because most classical people can't sing pop. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. when I was singing classical, I always loved pop and Broadway and I loved the the lighter music. And so I got away from all that. And so now it's like I, I love artists like Sarah Brightman and Celtic Women and Celine Dion and people like that, but I also have gained a new appreciation for artists like Adele and Ellie Goulding and, you know, people like that, that just have more of a laid back, really cool pop voice. And it's funny because the first, like I would say three years of singing, I got a lot of comments 
oh, you sing definitely like you have a classical edge. But for some reason, like year four, this is my year, man. I'm really coming into my own. I'm letting a little bit of that country accent come out in my music finally, which I have, obviously. Mm. (laughs) Not a big, big Texas draw, and I'm not like a big country singer, but I do have a little bit of a draw, and I'm letting that into my music. And people are really loving it. They're relating to it. They're like, oh, she sounds a little bit like Shania and a little bit like Taylor and like Eva Cassidy. And they like that folksy sound that I have. And that's really uniquely me. But then I have this range that I could sing high and low and I could do like a Karen Carpenter sound, which is also kind of cool. And and so I've got that husky kind of deep voice. So I think for me, it's the fact that I have a really kind of a unique voice. I don't sing in that little girly voice that so many people are using now. I sing in a just a DD voice and I, I'm just me and I, I don't try to be anybody else. And I think that's kind of what's my signature is that I have a great range. Fortunately, I've gift, been gifted with that and that I could sing, you know, a nice variety of, of different kinds of music from, you know, more pop to more classical. I think that's kind of me is that I'm my signature sound is that I have just this voice that nobody really knows what I'm going to come up with next. Oh yeah, I think your your versatility is your strength for sure. And exactly. you know, when I when I first heard you I'm like, "Oh, you know, she's a nice, you know, Christian pop singer or a pop singer, you know, different stuff that you were doing." And then you came out with your Christmas album. And I was like, "Okay, like we're kindred spirits because I'm classically trained as well, but I also have that kind of low range that I can do that's more of a pop sound, but then I sing." So when you sang Ave Maria, I was like, totally on the same page here with this because I love that you love your voice oh thank you thank you I love that you can do different stuff and what's great about that is you can play to completely different audiences you know you can go to one audience and do all show tunes and and classical music because that's what they love and then you can go and do a whole nother show of all your like pop country stuff it just it's going to bring in a lot more streams of income I think that's that's cool. I'm glad you said that because I actually have been singing with kind of more of a country band lately. I never thought I would, but I actually love the new country music that's out is kind of like the pop music from the 80s, which is what I was raised with. <laughs> and so I Me love too. a lot of the new music. And, um, you know, it sounds a lot like pop now. And a lot of it is pop and rock. It's It's really not that country. So it's been so fun for me to learn some of these songs. And and do some Crystal Gale and Dolly Parton and <laughs> some of the new stuff like Miranda Lambert. And uh, it really isn't what I set out to do, but I'm finding that in Houston, there's a huge market for it. So you're right. Exactly. It's like I can do shows that other people can't do. Like I got a call about two years ago to do this huge show in River Oaks, which was really exclusive. And they wanted a Broadway singer that could also really project so I actually was able to do like Avida and some cool stuff like that and um, and Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and, and I love doing that kind of stuff, you know, but I won't, I don't like to do it all the time, but it's so fun to just do it. And I also write inspirational music. So I've been asked to sing at churches and weddings. I'm, I, you know, I, like you mentioned Ave Maria, I also wrote Canon on the Lord's Prayer and I wrote Psalm on Danny Boy. You know, some of my music tends to be, very comforting and very inspirational. And so I do have a lot of venues that I can choose from to market myself. And that's, I think it's something that's really important is you have to find your niche. And my niche is kind of doing crossover, inspirational pop, 
with a little bit of a American music folk sound and country sound. So I've been calling it Amerifolk pop, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of cool. And I, so I made my own genre up because there really wasn't anything out there that described what I do. <laughs> it's like inspirational Amerifolk pop, you know? I love that. So, yeah. so I wanted to ask you, what has winning awards done for you? You have won a lot of awards and, I'm, and it looks really Thank great on your you. bio. What has it well, done for I, you as far as opening doors? Well, in some cases, it's opened a lot of doors. And in some cases, it hasn't at all. But I can tell you one thing, Brie. It's made me feel a lot better and validated me as a singer-songwriter, which I think is really important because it's so hard to find people that are going to go, hey, you're fantastic, Brie Noble. I just love what you do. Here, let me give you a whole bunch of money and book you for all these shows. That's hard to find. So if you have that, great. But most of us don't. And so... Just anything that can make you feel better about what you're doing and getting a certificate. You know, I won the Dallas Songwriting Contest. I was second place in two categories for their annual contest last year. And they actually sent me money. And I was like, yay, money, you know, because like I know it's not like cool to want money, you know, and be that be your primary focus. But, but it's cool to get money and we all need money. And it just, it really is in music, your validation to get bookings and get paid. And so to win these awards, there's, there's been a couple of things I'll, I'll say about it too. In addition to what I've already said, I'm sorry, I'm kind of long winded, but it's really important to know that when you apply for these awards, there are some really big names, labels, producers, and songwriters and artists that are judging some of these contests, like the International Acoustic uh, music Awards, the International Songwriting Contest, which I think I've finaled in at least twice. There's also the UK Songwriting Contest. I've, I've been a finalist in that once or twice. And Song of the Year, and you know, I've been a finalist in that for um, one of my new songs. It's called Prime of Life, which is from my new album. Um, it's a very honest folk type song. But it's just so gratifying to get that notice that, hey, we think you're a good songwriter and you have real potential here. So I encourage you, if you can, to submit to as many awards as you can once you've produced a couple of songs or an album that you've got that you think you have some good originals. And, um, you know, if you don't win, that's okay. But just keep trying because it's very validating and you will get industry attention from some of the people that are in the industry. And I've actually gotten contacted by Stuart Epps, who is Elton John's producer in the UK, and other producers that are pretty well known who've wanted to work with me in a I wish I could afford to work with them all. You know, it's expensive to work with some of these guys because you have to pay them. But uh, if you don't have a label, you're an independent artist. You know, you pay for your own recording. But um, it, it's just wonderful to get that validation. And it's also nice to get a little money and recognition and also be able to put it on your, your music resume and your sites. Social media is so important. So if you have anything that you've done and accomplished, like I just played House of Blues New Orleans, which is kind of a bucket list thing for me. Oh, you bet. I put all that on my social media and really invited people to my shows, really tried to get the fans involved. So anything like that, then when I win an award, I'll post it because that's really important for your fans to know your success. They're very happy for you when you have successes and they're really supportive. And I, it really makes it great. I agree. I mean, it, it is really good to have them on your, your resume. Like if whenever I'm introduced places, you know, I've got those few awards that I've won and, and some of them I don't even mention, I just realized, but, you know, just to be able to have people say that about you before you get on the stage, they instantly like snap to attention, like, Ooh, somebody thinks she's good, you know? Right. So I think it's important to have those, but I also, 
agree with you about getting the money because, you know, a lot of these don't have money that come with it, but I actually won a Christmas um, holiday song award once and I got 500 bucks and I'm like, wow, wow. Oh, that's pretty that's cool. Good. You know? And that's a lot of money for those of you who don't know to win <laughs> an award at 500 is really huge. So congratulations. Yeah. There's not a lot that give out that one. So I was, I was really happy yeah. about that. But so on that note, it, you know, what is an example of maybe one of the most mind blowing experiences you've had in your music career so far? One of those times where you're like, you know, pinching yourself thinking, I can't believe this is happening to me. Yeah. The, it's, those are the moments that you treasure, you know, you just want to hold on to that because you're going to have dry spells where you don't have those moments and you have to hold on to that and remember and refresh that for yourself. But yeah, I've had two really great ones that I, that come to mind. The first one is I joined this organization called the IMEA. I encourage all of you who are recording artists to join it's uh, uh, just a newer kind of um, almost like a Grammy award for independent artists. It's called International Music and Entertainment Association, and they have award shows once a year. And I just on a kind of a whim, I was on Reverb Nation, you know, get on as many of these sites as you can. You know, Broad Jam's a good one for songwriters. Reverb is great for re recording and touring and playing artists. I just on a whim joined the IMEA because they had like a special discount where it was only $35. So I joined it last year at the beginning of the year. And then they said, well, submit your songs. We're having our second annual awards. They've only been around now three years. This was two years into it. And so I submitted like everything I had because I just happened to have two albums releasing in 2013. And so you could go back a year and, and submit everything from the prior year. And that's pretty much the standard rule for most of the contests. You know, you can re you could submit stuff that's, you know, usually a year or so old. So you don't want to like submit stuff that's way old unless, you know, you never released it or they don't have a rule like that. But anyway, so this was like stuff that had been in a prior year or up to that date. So I submitted Love and Fairy Tales, which was my album from 2013 that released in July. And then and I, ha I also submitted World of Christmas, which Reese mentioned. And I'm really proud of World of Christmas because a Grammy producer did that one. His name's Jeff Bova. He was fantastic. He just really helped me a lot. And I'm really proud of the diversity of the songs, like Brie mentioned. But um, I thought, well, you know, I might have a shot. And I, then, I, then I also submitted a whole bunch of individual songs. And when I got the feedback from them and the, and the notice from the IMEA, they said you are nominated in nine categories and uh, including Ooh. two albums of the year. And I was like, what, <laughs> you know, artist of the year, artist of the year, album of the year. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And song song of the year. in like, I think six or seven categories. It was unbelievable. So that was another one of those pinch me, pinch me moments. And um, so I did make the effort to go to the award show, which was all the way in Kentucky at the Paramount arts theater, which is actually this really cool theater that you've probably heard of or never heard of, but a lot of big acts play there because it's like in the middle of this coal mining area. And so a lot of the country and, and bluegrass performers are from that area. It's really cool. And it's a great theater. And he honors Colt Chambers is the one who's the president. He's like 20 years old. He's just this incredible guy. I mean, who would do this when they're 20? It's amazing. I mean, to me, it's like worth it just to be a part of the organization to support Colt. But uh, he holds this huge event every year. This one's going to be in Atlanta in October on the 24th. I'm actually singing this year. So I went to 
I went to the event. I dragged my husband along. We're in the middle of nowheresville, Kentucky, you know, driving a rental car from Columbus, Ohio. And we get there and there's all these artists. It was so great just to meet the artists and go to the dinner and then go to the show. And I actually won two albums of the year at the show itself. And that was like giving the acceptance speeches on stage. I got called up for the first one for Love and Fairy Tales. I was like, thanks. You know, I went and sat down thinking I'll never win anything else. And then I got called up again for Song of the Year from, um, it was Canon on the Lord's Prayer from World of Christmas. And so I got that award. I'm giving another speech. And then by the third award, I'm like, I know y'all are sick of me being up here talking to you. It was like, pitch me, pitch me. And it was just an amazing moment. And I think that was like the the moment in my career where I realized I can't quit at this. This is something I really have to pursue and keep doing because it, it's something that people are appreciating now and, and they're seeing that there's something there with Didi. And I actually got nominated again for two songs already this year. So that was really cool. And and I'm going to be going in October, like I said. And I, I, even if I don't win, I don't really care. It's just to go and support Colt and all the other artists, friends that I've met now that are just amazing musicians. I can't wait to go see them again because they're just such great people. So this is how you build your network. It's really important as an artist to build your network. And, and another story I'll just share briefly is I just, another stellar moment and unbelievable moment in my career was I just got back from Nashville last weekend to finish my recording for Dream of You. and. Um, I met through my uh, my booking manager and my my general development manager out in LA, who's known everybody and worked with Hillary Duff and all these great people. Kevin, he he knows Andrew Fromm, who is who wrote all the music for InSync's Millennium album, and <laughs> he's uh-huh. on fifty thousand albums. He's a huge songwriter, and he played actually the as Bree might have already mentioned, he played. One of my new songs, he, he and I just went to a room together. We got to know each other. He was fantastic. I just love him as a person. He's a great musician, but even that, better than that, he's just a, a really cool person and a great songwriter. And just to be in the room with him while he's playing my song by ear, you know, he had to pick it up by ear. So I'm giving him all the chords as he's playing. I'm shouting out the next chord and kind of had to sit down and play some the way I felt it that he took over and he just did a phenomenal job. So that was like pinch me, pinch me. And Kevin got a video of us working together. So I'm like so excited to hopefully get that video and post it on my social media. Cause I mean, Andrew doesn't even play the piano anymore. He's so amazing. He's like this huge high level producer guy that everybody knows. He's like a businessman and he's like a mover and a shaker in the industry out there. And in Nashville. So to get to meet him, that was just huge. And then have him play on my album. It's like, whoa. And, and he played Love Is, which is a song I wrote um, to help promote peace and unity in the world. And it's loosely based on Corinthians 13. And I also played it at the memorial service and sang it at the memorial service for my stepson in May. So I, you know, that was a, just a, it's all about love. It's a, it's a, it's an anthem and a, a dedication to love. So Wow. I'm really excited. Wow. So I want to hear more about your new album because I've heard little bits and pieces. So where did you record it? And you know, what, what's kind of the general theme of the album? Well, this album is all about Dee Dee's personal experiences that she's had in the last three or four years. I mean, we kind of were looking at like, where is my niche? Cause like you said, there's so many different things I do. I do country and pop and Americana and classical and neoclassical and jazz and folk and you know where where do I fit 
and what Kevin came to me and he said, you know, where I see you and why I wanted to work with you is because you're an older artist. And I, I don't mean old, but, you know, I'm not I'm not 20. I'm not 25. I'm not even 30. I'm getting older, you know, and and he said, but there's my sister. He said, my sister's 42 and she can't find anybody on the radio that she really relates to, you know. She doesn't want to hear about I'm never getting back with you or you know anything like that because she's like a mother and a wife and a career woman. And he said all she the only choices she has are to listen to like some of the new easy listening stuff that you know Sarah Bareilles is coming out with and that kind of stuff or the oldies that she listened to when she was in high school and college. And he said you know there's just nobody making honest real music about you know, as we're getting older, life, the changes we go through. So that's where my new niche is, actually. It's so funny that you ask. And this album is all about real, getting real. It's about growing older and being okay with that. It's about how your life changes as we go through different stages in our lives. Like Prime of Life is all about the seasons of life. And and it's the first line is, but um, it took some time. To get me to this place When I look in the mirror These changes I see So hard to embrace So it's just really Looking, taking a hard look At where you are, but being okay With that and actually being happy with that And being content So uh, it's giving everybody hope That, you know, life never Never ends, it just keeps changing And so like Love Is Is a song, in the last line of Love Is Is uh, love never dies. True love never dies, but it lives on in every loving heart and life. So it's about how seasons change, life life changes, and it's okay. You know, we're just it's we're here by the grace of God. You know, we're here just doing the best we can. Find your dream, make them come true. You know, hold fast to what you believe in, and don't give up. Like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger is about don't give up. You know, don't end things, and don't be. Don't be stupid, you know, don't focus on the bad, focus on what's beyond that because everything changes and and things will get better, you know, and, you know, we all have seasons. So that's kind of what the album's about. And there's even Mm. a tribute, a tribute, if you will, to the music industry and (laughs) to getting burnt in life. And how many of us have Uh, been burnt, right? And it's called uh, all of us. It's a soul kind of um, very Rolling Stones kind of song called Sell Me Out. And it's great. I just love that song. <laughs> Kevin didn't want to put That's it on the album. Cool. It's like, we're putting it on the album. Because, <laughs> ah. you know, we all have those days where we just want to, you know, scream and throw something. But. That's kind of what that's about is when you get really burnt by somebody like a business partner or a, a guy or a woman or, you know, whatever, a friend. <laughs> anyway, a job. I like, that. I like your I like your new knit. That's cool because oh, I'm yeah. 43 and I know what you're talking about as far as exactly you know, not necessarily having stuff on the radio that you can identify with. And I'm in that age range too, and I can totally relate to everything that you you've discussed and we've talked about. Now I wanted to ask you. I've noticed that you've been blogging a lot lately. Are, are you finding that that's a good way to connect with your fans and potential fans? Yes. And in fact, blogging, I think, can be the number one way to reach people. But it's not just sending out blogs. It's also reading other blogs and getting blog partnerships with sites that have a lot of listeners. 
So, you know, if you, if you can find a blog that's funny or another music blog or a mommy blog or just anything, music review site, try to get your album reviewed on there. Try to do a giveaway on a giveaway blog site and try to post like a newsletter to your fans once a month. Try to blog at least once a month. I've, I've been kind of bad lately, but I do have a blog and it's on Blogspot and it's called Music Stuff by Didi. I think it's the name of that one. But um it, it 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 does kind of the more real you can be too with your blogs and not just talk about your career and your music, but just talk about your life. And that goes for Facebook is really important. Have a Facebook fan page, not just a Facebook page where you actually collect fans and be sure you collect emails because I, like on Reverb Nation, they have an email sign up. So I just steer everybody toward that because I found that to be the easiest one for me to use. I tried to do like MailChimp and all that, that but, and some people use that as, as their email blo- uh, emailer and it works great. But for me, um, just having a site like a fan collector where they could sign up to be your fan, then send them monthly news. Don't, don't overwhelm them weekly or daily because they'll be like, Ugh, you know, and they'll probably unsubscribe. But once a month, but the most important things like here's what happened to me, here's what's going on in my life, you know, here's what my thoughts on summer, spring, fall, you know, here's here's something cool that happened to another artist friend of mine, you know, just things like that that are interesting. That's what people want to hear. And my other advice is like on Facebook and Twitter, don't only post stuff about you and where you're playing. Don't stuff. Don't only post stuff to try to push your music and promote yourself because people just want to get to know you. They don't necessarily want to know what your next song is and here's my new album please buy it please buy it they just they want to get to know you so i repost a lot of cool stuff from other people i try to do a lot of cross promoting with other musicians like this is a perfect example i try to do a lot of blog reviews and 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 other things like that so the more of that kind of stuff you could do in social media is so 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 important and and that helps drive your fans to shows so you know, take out a Facebook ad when you have a show. Take out a Facebook ad or a reverb ad when you do a show or you have a new album. It's awesome. Or you have a song you want to get out. Just take out an ad. Get Drive people to your sites. Do do a like ad, you know. If you have the money to do it, it really is worthwhile. Absolutely. I was just having this conversation with some ladies in my um, female music academy the other day about, you know, the right ways to engage with your fans and how many times you should send your newsletter. And you know, I'm always harping on, you know, get those email addresses and, you know, get people on your, your fan email list so you can engage with them because right. otherwise, you know, they're going to move on to another artist. But if you're kind of on their radar all the time on a regular basis, not overwhelming them, like you said, that is how you're going to connect with your fans. Exactly. And what I do at shows is I'll put an email list by my door with my cards, or I'll also have like a little fishbowl. And I'll say, uh, I'll have my CDs up there with like a little ribbon on them or in a bag with a little balloon or something. Just really cool that it'll catch their attention. And it'll it'll say like, get a free CD, uh, free drawing for, you know, just drop your card in the bag or drop your card in the bowl. Or I'll have like a little, you know, um, piece of paper or business, like a little, what do they call them? Um, the business cards. And I'll just have like name, email, and be sure you collect their fan emails at your shows because those are your fans that are going to come back and see you and those that's your that's your hardcore fans and when you sell a cd definitely get a card or get them to give give you their email address so that you can contact them when you have your next cd coming out 
Absolutely. Yeah. I used to do that at shows. I would do a giveaway and just Perfect. gather people's email mm-hmm. name, email, and uh, zip code usually, and then yeah. do a drawing. And I, I really built my email list that way. Yeah. I've got like 5,000 on my email list right now because I've really been building it. But also, that's great. So the other thing is don't spam people. They don't like that. <laughs> oh. So, oh, no, no, no. Definitely not. Yeah. Be careful when you're getting emails that you subscribe to a good email list that will send out an at the bottom, it'll say unsubscribe here, unsubscribe here. So that if somebody doesn't want to get your information, they could just go ahead and unsubscribe. Absolutely. Well, we are almost to the end of our show. I do want to ask you though, do you have any books that you could recommend um, that have really helped you either in songwriting, in music business, or even in like, you know, um, self-help or development, personal development? Right. That's it's a great question. I did look at one. It's called Murphy's Laws of Songwriting. And I got this. It's by Ralph Murphy. It's called The Book. Oh, yeah. Ralph Murphy. He's good. <laughs> yeah. He's, I, went to, I went to a conference. And if you can go to a music conference, it's not too far from where you live or you've got a little cash to go, I really recommend you go to at least one or two to meet people. And this was he was at the ASCAP one. Um, and that was in L.A. I think they do it every year in L.A. And I bought this. And it's really cool because it's it's taught me how to be a better songwriter. And if I could say one word of advice to, to you guys, write your own music, work with other people who are great writers as much as you possibly can, and learn how to write songs. I've got a blog actually out there about songwriting. So you could check out my blog. Just do a search on D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-K-I-N-D, D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-D-E-
Jill Laura. Smith or something. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. Mary. Mary. So I wa- <laughs> Mary yeah. That's a, that's a big problem. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much for all of the great advice that you've given people today. I mean, you definitely have a wealth of information to share in the four years that you've been doing music. You've really gotten in there and gotten your, your hands dirty and, you know, just been scrappy and made it happen. And it's really paying off now. So I cannot wait to listen to your new album. And, you know, I'm sure that all your fans are going to absolutely love it. Yeah. And if anybody wants to email me with questions, you can either follow me on Twitter and send me a private message, or you can also follow me on Facebook, like me on Facebook. And I think it's DD Weedy kind on Facebook and just message me. And I will honestly answer every single email that I get. So if you have a question or you just want to get to know me, please contact me. I'd love love to hear from you. You've been awesome too. You're a great mentor. And again, everybody's just get out there and get a mentor because that's what it's all about. You gotta, you gotta get in the trenches and really just do it and get advice. So this is a great step that you're helping other musicians, female musicians with Bree. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. I love doing it. Thanks again. And um, I will talk to you again soon. Yeah. Take care. And um, thanks again, fans. And y'all, y'all take care and God bless. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.